Today we continued our discussion with Douglas Pratt, moving into the topic of shadow work. To learn more about Douglas and his Inner Life Journey sessions, you can visit douglaspratt.com. To contact myself or Lori, you can email us at spiritroadpodcast at gmail.com. Welcome to Awkwardly Zen Presents Spirit Road, a podcast about our spiritual journey where we can be awkwardly ourselves. It's a path that can be funny, absurd, enlightening, and life-changing all at the same time. Join us as we explore this mysterious world and life we live in. I'm Tim Behrens. I'm Laurie Hewitt. And, and this, this is Spirit Road. thought was while we have Douglas here with us, maybe we could um, also talk about why that inner child slash shadow work is so important Mm. in, you know, as a practitioner. And what does that really mean? What does it mean to do shadow work? That's been like the theme for 2020. And everybody talked about, you know, the doing the shadow work. And I don't know how many people really quite get what that is and what that means it's hard to get it because that's the that that's the that's the nature of shadow work Uh, (laughs) it's our conscious mind is transparent we don't track it now it doesn't mean it's not playing in background very powerfully just like a computer lots of subroutines are running all the time and so shadow material is running. We just don't know it that way. We, we have to basically, what do we, when we look in the mirror, what do we see that we don't want to see? In other words, it's giving yourself the permission to start dealing with those aspects of yourself that you feel very uncomfortable about, that you're embarrassed by, maybe mortified by, ashamed of. Because those are the pieces that are in, in within our shadow work. And that's why you have to do shadow work carefully. I mean, because it, it, is, it is hard and, and you have to be kind to yourself about doing that. I do think it, it's helpful to have a, you know independent party helping you f- facilitate that. And that's obviously my bias because that's the work I've done for 40 years. Because it's hard. It's hard to do that because... It's all, it's layered and interwoven. You know, you don't just look at a piece because as soon as you look at a piece, all these other pieces start kicking in and playing and and, and all the messages from it. And then it can suddenly become very overwhelming. And then, of course, at that point, you have to back off and, and, and let it go. The problem is that shadow work is where we can heal earlier difficulties, earlier traumas that we've had as younger adults, and certainly as children, um, that, of course, part of what we do is, is particularly as children, we take traumatic events and we file them away with that part of us. And so we have a five-year-old who is holding on to a full-blown memory and experience of being yelled at by his father. And it was so traumatic for him that 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 five-year-old part literally stepped to the side and holds it 
So it's not even conscious to the, to the adult anymore. And yet that piece that the, that five-year-old's holding leaks. It's, it's not a, it's not a good container. That's, that's part of the illusion. The illusion is it is a good container. It's not, it leaks and it influences all sorts of things in, in, in ways that don't even make sense. So if you go back to that and you are able to work with that five-year-old and clear up his, his trauma, his fear, his anger, his upset, and get him to become a true five-year-old again, then there's nothing in the package that's leaking because it's gone. And it no longer influences and contaminates other things. One of the reasons that I think there's a push for it is because the more shadow we have, the more we're not tracking, the more we're not conscious of, the less we're able to stay connected with spirit because it interferes with our connection with spirit significantly. I can't tell you why I have to think about that, but I know it's true. And so it was like this morning, I was doing a session with a client and she's a very big empath, right? And she spent her whole life being an empath to this point. And we started talking about how she was carrying all these feelings for her mom. And as we began to address that, then I said, you know, since you've taken care of that, why don't you take a look at all the feelings you carry for everybody else? And she just went, oh, my God, I I cannot. She was stunned. She was carrying all sorts of stuff that wasn't hers. And she looked at me and says, now I can get connected easier with spirit. So all that was interfering with and, and kind of suppressing her ability to do so, certainly on a consistent way i wonder thinking about shadow work um remember reading somewhere this idea that we experience we talk about lower vibrations and higher vibrations that we experience things almost in directional senses of like when you're in a lower vibration that's something beneath us this idea of an underworld almost that can exist within us or um you know within our myths and our cultures and things higher vibrations, we think of heaven as being above us and all of that. And I find myself wondering if some of that is like in those lower vibrational places, which one might consider that they're exploring through shadow work. They're kind of going down into the the recesses of their psyche to find these parts of themselves that have been walled off or separated because of the extent of the trauma they experienced. Conceptually, I almost want to think of that like a weight. You know, the idea of like, reintegrating that i had the experience once of doing some inner child work which i'm going to come back to in a second because i'd love to ask i'm still trying to understand that crossover between inner child work and shadow work but i was doing this um there was this moment in time where i had felt very abandoned when i was younger without going into the you know the the details of that i i had to have a conversation with that younger version of myself and i was able to go back and have a conversation and support that part of myself in ways that maybe I didn't feel supported before. And in saying those things and, and just being there and being present and comforting to this aspect of myself. There was a point where in this meditation where I, I hugged him and mm-hmm. I just wrapped my arms around him and it was truly a reintegration. I felt him mm-hmm. meld into me and and this the physical sensation of that was of energy moving up from my feet from the earth 
and and moving up through my chest and into my head and through my crown chakra. It was this vibrational elevation, I guess. And so I'm just really fascinated with that idea of like, you know, that maybe that is like when you're in a higher vibration, you're more in line with spirit and the way the spirit communicates. Mm -hmm. And if you have these things that are holding you down, it becomes harder to to get into those places to be receptive. Right. You know, for me, shadow work has become basically exist together with inner child work, because when I'm doing that work in those in my meditations, it's always those kid parts of me that come forward that, like Douglas said, have, have kind of taken on something, stepped aside and held on to a fear um, as protection, it thinks, and a way of coping with whatever the trauma was. And so when I'm, especially fear, you know, if I find something that I'm really afraid of and avoiding, then that's a cue for me to go in and do some of that work and find those parts that are holding a particular fear and have them come forward and begin to talk with me. Um, and usually spirit that I pull in about what, what's the problem? What is it that we're afraid of? What were you told? How is fear helping you and help them to begin to look at all of that. And then also begin to realize fear is lying to them. Fear isn't helping them at all and helping them be willing to, to let that go for a minute and see what it's like without it, without the fear. And once they're back in the light, so to speak, and out of the fear, they begin to realize how they'd been stuck and how much freer they are now. And you're right. The integration then can happen once they've let go of the fear. At least that's generally how it's worked for me um, recently with doing some of this work. But the two have melded together for me. And I don't know, Douglas, maybe you can speak to this a little more. Is shadow work related in some way to inner child work or is shadow work also something else? Well, I'm wondering that too. Um, it's certainly very, there's a significant overlap. Yeah. No question about it. Right. One of the things that we haven't spoken to, and I'll, I, I want to say it because I think that's part of how we think about shadow work. It's the parts of us that aren't nice. The parts of us that have nasty thoughts, mean thoughts, ugly thoughts, hateful thoughts, feelings. That is the part. And, and honestly, I think as you deal with those child aspects in their trauma, you clear those parts because those parts are being affected significantly by fear. Mm -hmm. Now, it may not present as fear, and that's part of the confusion. Mm -hmm. For me, um, if you were to ask me if I was afraid, I don't know how long ago, a long time now, but I would have said particularly not, I'm angry. Because my experience of fear was anger. And that was my protection against feeling the fear. And feeling the, um, uh, not feeling the power, you know, feeling powerless. Mm -hmm. And of course, when you're in that space, you hold all, all sorts of ugly thoughts and, and feelings that you don't even want to admit to yourself because you want to see yourself as a good person. And they certainly weren't in alignment with that. So to me, that's part of a way to pull in that thought concept of shadow work. I was just thinking that shadow work is also those disenfranchised, like you were saying, those disenfranchised parts of ourselves mm -hmm. for whatever reason, because they were unacceptable because they had those mean thoughts or whatever. 
And part of the work that it's unfolded for me is bringing that out, really bringing that into the light, listening to it and finding a way to be grateful for, for whatever the um, gifts are from that and reintegrating those parts again Mm -hmm. so that they don't have to live in that shadow um, and they don't have to be disenfranchised anymore. Yeah. It's funny you say that because I mean, when I work with folks, including myself, those child aspects are always hiding. Mm-hmm. They're never in the middle of a room there. I found one hiding under a sink in a cabinet. I mean, so you talk about shadow, they hide in the shadows because they don't feel good about themselves or what they feel and think as you begin to pull them out. And for you using gratitude helps that integrate for you and seeing it in a whole different, you're reframing it. You're giving it a whole new light mm-hmm. and it, literally because in that they can come into the light. And of course, as soon as they do that, they begin to experience themselves and that much differently. Right. And I found that they hold a lot of gifts that then for me, then as the adult, I can, I can have access to again. It's I found recently parts of me that are incredibly intuitive and have an incredible ability to discern and as I've worked with them and kind of brought them back from that place of being disenfranchised, it's, you know, it really helps me then to be able to utilize those skills and to have a stronger connection than with spirit even because they've held a lot of that ability, but I had pushed them off to the side for whatever reason. And now they can be reintegrated and give me that insight Right. It's like, Tim, with that part of you that you reintegrated, all the gifts and assets that he have mm-hmm. had became yours, both of yours, and then got those added in mm-hmm. to other gifts that you have. So, yes, it's very powerful. Now, I have had some children need to be ch- literally they need to they need to be children for a while. And so the, in that case, the, it's important to find a safe place for them to be kids somewhere where they can play and and do that in a good way. Um, Others are more inclined to want to um, rejoin. And I'm not sure what the, I I don't know what the differential is there. Just thinking about the different tools that we can use for shadow work, for inner child work, things like that. I keep thinking about, and I don't know how intelligently I can speak to it, but like, I love the idea of internal family systems that within each of us, there are these different aspects of our personality that behave in the ways they do for a reason. And some of those aspects are, uh, they might be, they might present as how we act in the world. Like say um, we get angry when someone gets close to us, too close to us or something. And it may be a part of ourselves that we don't like, or, you know, or maybe an aspect is like, I don't know why I do that. I don't know why I push people away every time they get close. It's this reoccurring pattern. But like when you get to know that at that part of yourself, you might find that it's actually protecting another part of yourself, that inner child part that had something happen when you were younger. And you can start to see why those connections are there, why that behavior is there. And instead of pushing away those parts of ourselves that we don't like, we start by understanding them, we can start to have conversations about, I understand that your anger and pushing people away is to protect this other part of yourself. Is it possible that we can reevaluate where you were at in life? Like for me, a lot of 
a lot of my conversations have to come down to knowing that I have tools to handle things that I did not when I was younger. You know, I can move through things more gracefully. I can stand up for myself. I can be, um, I have so much more in the way of self-care and self-understanding and confidence, all of these things that I didn't used to have. And so if I can have that conversation to kind of almost reason with that part of myself to say, maybe this pattern isn't serving you anymore. Maybe that part of yourself that you're spending so much energy on protecting doesn't need that in the same way as it used to. You know, maybe we can let that part of ourselves come out and know that we will support it in ways that we were not able to before. But it's it's really interesting to think about, yeah, the, this whole family, this whole system that exists within us and some of these things that we do, ego-driven things on, on some level are, are a way that we protect ourselves from being hurt again in the ways we were hurt when we were younger. Yeah, I think that's very true. And I agree that it's tricky because sometimes we really have some severe judgments about those parts. It's part of the, the part of why they're in shadow because we think so poorly of them. And so we, in that, as you said, Laura, you disenfranchise that part. They don't even feel part of you. They are, but they don't feel like they are. And so to me, you have to somehow work it around in your own mind to embrace those parts they have served a function. They have tried to protect you. It may have worked well, not well, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's been done in service to you. And you have to see it in that way and reframe it because the judgment about it is part of why those parts stay off on the, on the edges because they feel so harshly judged and disenfranchised. As we kind of wrap up with time here, if anyone has any closing thoughts or any favorite what's a favorite tool that you use for for doing shadow work or inner child work something that you find meaningful helpful you know for me it's it's doing a meditation and sitting like in a sense calling those parts out and having them come forward and i call in my team guides angels whoever and have them come and be present um, so that as I'm working, they're supporting me and they're also helping to support those parts of me that are coming forward and helping both of us to understand the gifts and kind of how they've been pushed aside and now why it's important for them to step forward again and let go of fear. So I do it through meditation. I've also done it in therapy, you know, in different ways with someone there sort of guiding that. And I think Douglas said that earlier. Sometimes I think if you're just starting on this path, then having that person sitting across from you and helping you navigate that can help, help you figure out how it works for you and how that looks and how it feels and help you learn how to interact with those parts of yourself and then reintegrate. I would agree with all of that. I think that um, one of the first steps for folks is to never do it alone, which means calling on their spiritual team. Mm-hmm. doesn't have to be a physical person, right. but make sure that you give them the permission to be in there and support you as you look at this particular issue. I always start with resource. In other words, resourcing. In other words, have the resources there so that no one ends up feeling abandoned are stranded, which of course is a repetition of the trauma. 
And then from there, I, my, my way these days is asking people two things. What is the fear and where do you carry it in your body? And you never know, you know, they may have an answer to one or the other or both. It's a way to try and get them focused in on it and, and to try and really um, track it down. Because fear is elusive and it isn't easy sometimes to, to nail it down. I love that question of where, where is it in your body? Our, our friend Stephanie Gray, who does the process art work, I have done exercises with her where we ask that question. And it's so interesting how often we forget that some of these things that we feel that we really do carry them in parts of our bodies. And it's like through the process of art saying, you know, if, if that feeling first you identify where it is, but if that feeling had a, had a color, what color would it be? If it had a motion, what would that motion be? And then actually connecting to it through those things to, through making that motion, through drawing that color and putting it out on paper. I think for me, thinking about favorite tools that that would be it is finding some process like art or music or something that allows you to be very present journaling. Um, Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way, you know, this series of exercises, it really is inner child work. It's uh, things intended to put you in touch with that younger version of yourself that can that can play, that overcomes the inner critic and can just look at the world in new ways. And thinking about the positive aspects of that, being in touch with our inner child in general can also be a form of putting us in touch uh, with the healthy things and then finding the contrast with, well, what is, what do I need to integrate? Like what is, what's missing here? Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and let me just say one last thing that I think a lot of this is around fear. And I think like Douglas had said earlier, you don't always identify it as fear. So it's being able to sit with yourself and where are you feeling angry? Where are you feeling sad, depressed, anxious? Because I think sometimes those feelings show up, we express them or put them out in the world as something other than what it is. So that sometimes we we can sit there and say, well, I'm not feeling afraid. So then start looking for those other emotions, perhaps that that you're working with, that you express outwardly, that may cover and be the way that your sadness or your fear is trying to express itself in the world. And I guess the only thing I'd add is if you choose to go on this path of this kind of work, be kind to yourself. Yes. For goodness sakes, understand how courageous you are to look in the mirror and start looking at the things you've been ignoring. It's mm-hmm. a big deal. Yeah. So be kind to yourself, be courageous and when all else fails, you can always call an Archangel Michael. He is the very large angel whose expertise is dealing with fear. And whether in that moment you feel him or sense him or know that he's there, calling on him will make a difference. You'll notice it. You'll notice a shift just by his presence. Got to keep that boy busy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much for this wonderful conversation, and uh, we'll see you soon. Yes, thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks.